Welcome to Career Tools. This week, resume guidance for 2014. Here we go. Folks, if you know somebody who's just starting their corporate career, or maybe you're starting your corporate career, we encourage you to take a look at our First Job Fundamentals series of podcasts. We cover the myths and the details of getting started in your career, how important results and relationships are for now and forever, and many other things that many other young people either don't know or don't do when they're starting their career. Okay, Wendy, it's back for 2014 resume guidance. Yes. This is one of those rare casts where we talk in a timely way rather than in a timeless way, although we tend to say the same things over and over again when it comes to resumes. <laughs> because everybody's trying to sell a new way of doing resumes, but resumes are pretty much largely unchanging over the years. But that's say we, we produce an update every year. Resumes are about results. You need to tell hiring managers what you did and how well you did it. But people still see things that suggest there are trends and developments and we want to address those things and make sure people feel make make sure people know what real professionals think and are looking for and want from and about resumes so what should we expect in the world today okay so the market is heating up oh yeah really yeah really <laughs> so we want you to get ready we want you to customize your resume for every job. And no, that doesn't mean color, despite yeah. the fact that being very fashionable right now. And networks matter more. Yeah, networks matter more. Gosh, I think five or 10 years ago, we were talking about how important everybody was talking about career builder or or monster.com or the other job search sites. And we've since discovered that those have faded. We still talk about them, but and they're still important in job searches, but they're not nearly as important as one's network. Um, and as you say, the market is heating up. I, I just wrote about that for our licensees and my weekly things I think I think that I'm seeing yet more signs, not just because it's early September, which is sort of the end of the first of one of the seasons of job acceleration in terms of the marketplace, but also just overall, the macro market is warming up, at least in the States. So what do you mean by getting ready? If you know that the market's heating up and there are going to be opportunities to change in the future, we want you to get ready. We want you to think about who you're connected to and who you might want to be connected to. We want you to get out your resume that you have looked at for five years because you felt like, I want to stay in this job because it's safe and dust it off and have a look at it and, and update it. Because if you try and do that, any of that in a hurry, it just doesn't work. You can always tell a resume that the person got out and just, just added this job really quickly because they didn't have time. There's something about the way they're written that you yeah. can just tell. You said something different than what I expected. I expected you to say in terms of getting ready, um, that even if you're happy in the job you're in right now, there are possibilities that opportunities will come to you. When the market starts heating up, whether you're looking or not, uh, there are possibilities that opportunities will come to you. And if you're not ready, you'll miss an opportunity. And, you know, luck is the residue of design and fortune favors the prepared. Um, and the only thing worse than losing out on an opportunity is having someone say, well, gee, I, you know, I can see your, this is not a good time for you. And them saying to you at the end of the call, 
it's too bad because I kind of assume that everybody at your level and above knows that the market war- is warming up. And so therefore you would have been more ready and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Maybe in a year or two, there'll be another opportunity. I know you don't use that word, but I'd be gutted. Yeah. <laughs> Which means like that feeling of your stomach sinking through the floor when you, you know, yep. get, get to your parking space and the car isn't in it, or you realize you don't have your wallet, that feeling, well, the thought of losing an opportunity is yeah, that plus 10. Yeah. So, okay. Changes are happening in the economy. Yeah. Okay. And it's very, it's very lumpy. So there's, there's uh, a lot of evidence that the whole economy is warming up everywhere. It doesn't all happen evenly. So it's a bit like a microwave. You have to turn it to get an even heat. So some geographies are hotter than others, some industries, some specialisms. The economy is going faster than it is in some others. And so what's being reported isn't always what you're seeing. So you might be in an industry where long-term changes have happened because of the recession that started in 2008 or because of technology. So like if you think of saddles and bridles, when cars were invented, the volume went out of the market. Now there's still a lot of people making saddles and bridles, but for horses, but the volume that was there before just isn't there. And there are some industries that have been affected in that way in the last 10 years. So if you're in, in one of those and everyone says the economy is heating up and there's lots of jobs, you probably feel like, well, not where I am. Um, so if you're making, uh, the other thing I thought of was landline phones. <laughs> like, like who, has a, <laughs> who has one of those phones that plugs into the wall anymore? And I looked on Amazon, there are 10,000 hits for a phone that plugs into the wall. And I was astonished. Right. You're essentially saying it's a little bit foolish for us to assume that because our industry is not real hot right now, maybe it's newspapers, although I just, interestingly, I just read an article which said maybe we're seeing the revival of journalism now, both short and long form. They're just diverging from one another and we're getting it from different sources. But but if you're in the newspaper business, which most people would say, yeah, newspapers are probably not doing as well as they used to. The question is not, do you want to stay in the newspaper business, but would you be willing to consider other opportunities outside of your industry, which call on your skills? Yes. And and so what you're saying is you need to be ready for that. And maybe it's someone out of your network who is tired of looking at people in their industry and wants some change and wants something fresh and wants something different. And if you think of yourself as good, you would probably be good outside of your own industry. Oh, absolutely. People who are good are good everywhere. It's, right. You know, okay. people, when you interview and you you hear that somebody's left three or four jobs because they weren't getting any training and they weren't, a, you know, weren't able to perform properly, that's yeah. not the job. That's them. And the same for successful people. We just had a testimonial come in from someone who said, I used the interviewing series. I didn't get either offer. That was I was number two in both cases, but somebody who interviewed me thought I was so good, they're going to offer me a completely different job, one that's actually better than the ones I was interviewing for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's be manager tools and career tools-ish. <laughs> what do you mean by getting ready? So look at the specifics of 
your company, your competitors, your location. Don't read the Wall Street Journal article that says the Bureau of Labor Statistics say there were 159,000 jobs added in the last month. You need to know exactly, much more specifically, about what's going on in the places that you're willing to work in. So geographically, in the industries you're willing to work in and the specialisms that you can work in. So if you if you are in one of those industries that's been changed forever, where can you go next? What can you do? And one of my friends, dad's was a carpenter. And for years, for like until the 1970s, there were still carpenters employed to build cars, the wood trim of cars. He, that was his job. Wow. I know, right? You'd think carpenters just went out when we invented plastic. So there is no need to panic and jump if your industry isn't going to survive, but you do need to be thinking about it. Like, So the first part of preparation is to get your head around, where am I and what do I see in my situation? Not, not what the general everything outside is doing, but what do I see specifically? Okay. And if you're in somewhere where it's heating up and it's getting ready, one of the things I saw was information security analysts, funnily enough, um, people who in theory keep our data safe right, is heating up, of course. Then, then you need to do three things to get ready. First, open your mind to opportunities, which you said earlier. It's like be ready for people to be talking to you about what what you're doing and how well you're doing it and have those like – quick sound bites of, oh, the project that I'm on is going to be on time, on budget, or I know that we saved $10,000 a year doing right. X. Uh, that's the other advantage of, di- of updating your resume. Those things are fresh in mind. And more specifically, folks, what recommend is you should have, we recommend something called a career management document, which is a far longer than one page document, which lists every job you've had, your education at the bottom, every job you've had along the way, and all of the significant accomplishments associated with each of those jobs. We recommend that probably it's been six months, a year, maybe for some of you, two or three years since you went back and looked at your resume. Don't wait any longer because, of course, your memory decays over time. Don't wait any longer now. Schedule a half an hour. We recommend you do this once a quarter in our updating your resume cast, as I recall, or in creating your career management document cast. But if you can't, there's nothing you do about yesterday. Forgive yourself. Breathe in, breathe out, move on. Open that career management document or open your latest version of your resume if you've never created a career management document. Go back into it and say, okay, what have I done since, what, what can I remember that I did in previous jobs or at least in the last six months or a year, how can I update my resume? What did I do? What jobs have changed? And so on. At least get the bones of it right. And then maybe even a second session in a week or so where you think for the pre for the intervening week, you think, what did I do? What was I successful at? What do my annual reviews say I was good at? Maybe I need to go back through my own emails and look at what I did and what I didn't go do. Go back through your the, calendar. Exactly. Go back through your calendar and your emails and so on and look for things to strengthen what we call the career management document. Capture it now. If somebody calls you tomorrow and says, you know, I've got a really great job. I already have three guys I want to interview. But frankly, all things being equal, I admit you're the person I'd want to hire. But I got to have a resume. I got to put you through the HR process. I can't just interview you and hire you. HR has sent me these other resumes. I'm going to interview them. In order for me to give you an interview, I have to have a resume put in the HR system. Can you send me your resume? And then you panic. And then you send a, cr- a really poor resume. And then suddenly HR says, are you sure? 
And then your buddy, your buddy says yes, and then your buddy gets ready to interview you and says, yeah, you put me at a disadvantage. Your resume had errors, or it wasn't complete, or it says 2008 to present, but that's not the job you're in at present. You, you sent me an old resume, which means to HR that you're hiding something. That makes it harder for me. Are you going to blame the guy who's trying to interview you? Of course not. That's your fault because you're not ready. And that's what we mean by getting your resume ready. Your career, doc, career management document is resume ready. And then when one of your buddies says, I need your resume, you cull out from your career management document those that are less applicable to the job he or she is going to interview you for. And then you've got your resume ready. And everything, all you're doing is deleting things from it. You're not adding things to it. And then you double check it to make sure that it's fine. And then you send it forward. Typing your resume the night after somebody says, I'd like to interview you for something, is a recipe for a potential disaster. Yeah, that's when you get spelling mistakes. And yeah, exactly. Things and- or le- you leave a word out, which spelling errors don't, which a speller, spell checker doesn't find. Yeah. You get the dates transposed. I actually had a candidate once who sent me a resume and we really wanted to interview him, but his phone number was wrong. So we couldn't call him and he hadn't given us an email address. So literally he completely missed out because, you know, something silly. Yeah. Yeah. So the second part. I think I've stolen you. Have I stolen your your, your thunder? Okay. (laughs) No, it's okay. Um, So the second part is customize your resume for for every job. And if we says every job, I'd have to say, why Why on earth would you recommend that? Do you know how long that's going to take me? I, I never know quite what the issue is that, that <laughs> people should customize their resume. I'm not willing to work for half an hour on the chance that I'll get a dream job. Yeah, exactly. Really? <laughs> that's why you don't get it. Like, you know, it's a $10,000 raise and you have to do 30 minutes work. Who wouldn't yeah. do that if it was, you know, <laughs> if somebody said, okay, I'm moving and I'm going to be your boss. And if you take all the boxes out of my house, I'll give you $10,000 extra on your salary. And it was going to take 30 minutes. You'd do it, right? Everybody would. Crazy people. Yeah. So each time you're offered an opportunity or you have an opportunity to put your resume forward for something, or you see a job advertised, or you hear something from a friend and he can pass your resume right. on, you create a resume just for that job. And as Mark said, you just take the career management document, look at the bullets, and decide which ones are most applicable, and you move those to the top of each section of bullets, and you delete any that take you over one page. And it really doesn't like 10 minutes to customize your cover letter to match the job description. If it takes longer than that, you're doing something wrong. 10 minutes to select and move the accomplishment bullets and the responsibilities. And then 10 minutes to print it, check it, read it, spell check it, and have someone else read it to double check your errors. You know, somebody else in the house. Yeah. And tell them, yeah. and all, I always tell people, you are not reading it to help me with my resume what all i want you to look at is grammar and spelling because otherwise they'll start trying to give you opinions about your resume and then you start to get confused and it doesn't help you you don't need too many opinions you just need someone to to double check your work yeah exactly yeah and grammar check yep exactly and as the economy gains strength, the number of resumes submitted won't go down. So some people think that when <laughs> when there's lots of people unemployed, there's like 400 jo- uh, resumes for each job, 
whatever the number is that's being quoted. And then they think, oh, well, the economy is heating up and the number of unemployed has gone down and so the number of resumes goes down. But it doesn't because everybody or a lot of people start to feel the confidence that they can leave their role. They don't need the safety and security that they've needed in the last five years. Yeah, the job market doesn't just hit the people who are unemployed. It hits people who think they could be better employed, which by definition includes people who are unemployed. Well, that's a lot of employed people. Yeah, and what they call the underemployed as well, yes. the, the people well, who are employed yeah, part-time. Yeah, now when we, when we say underemployed, uh, it's interesting, the economists mean something very specific about that, but I would argue the vast majority of people are underemployed in their own minds. Underemployed is actually a statistic, as I understand it now, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. but I know lots of people who think they could do their boss's job. That person in terms of a heated up market is underemployed because they will be applying for jobs that they think they're capable of. That's who you're competing with, not the unemployed, but everyone who thinks they might be underemployed, meaning they could do a job that's better, however they want to define that, than their job they're in now. So yeah, in fact, of course, you're right. More people join the roles who are searching. And so, yeah. The competition heats up very quickly, which is why in August of this year, we're recording this in September, in August of this year, we said, if you don't know it, let us clue you in now, guys. The two times that the market gets hottest, all of the things being equal, which they never are, are late August and again in January. Yeah. And and one thing that, you know, as I said at the beginning, people always scoff at the idea of tailoring your resume to each role. Well, if most people aren't doing it and you do it, that's one way to get past the competition. To compete, yeah. yeah exactly. Well, actually, there's the, the old saying, if you want to compete, you have to do more than the competition. Actually, no, you don't have to do more than the competition if you want to compete. But if you want to win, you have yeah. to do more than the competition. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and then the last point we had was networks matter more. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't really doesn't matter how much you work on your resume, your network matters more. So you can sit in a room on your own for three days working on your resume. And if somebody else went out and talked to everyone they met, they're more likely to get a job than you, you are. Yep. Every time. So any hiring manager who thinks you're a strong candidate and he will think that or she thinks that because somebody else referred you, because somebody else recommended you, well, the small things like a spelling mistake or nervousness or not having quite the right experience, those things become smaller if you have a really strong recommendation or referral. Yep. So that those things, it's not a shoo-in for the job, but it really does help you start in a in a stronger position. Yeah. It's the biggest shortcut. I know, to getting a job. And a lot of people complain about the corporate recruitment systems and the job boards, and they say, oh, it's like submitting my resume to a black hole and I never get an answer and I never get any feedback and I don't know. Well, you can mess with those systems or you can mess with people. Yeah. Yeah, and get into the messiness of dealing with people, which for some of us is no more fun than dealing with the the job boards. You and I are often cynical about having heard every single excuse known to man about why the market is aligned against an individual. But in fact, it seems so often that the same people who complain against the systems that hold them out are the ones who haven't spent any time on their network. 
And guys, it's a meritocracy out there. If you don't want to work in your network and you want to complain about systems, you really don't need to listen anymore to us because we're going to tell you over and over again, build your network and get your stuff, get your ducks in a row. Simple as that. And fortune favors the prepared, okay? Luck is the residue of design. Prepare, prepare, prepare. There's a lot of um, idioms about yes. preparedness because it's important. And so for all the people that have got all the way through this cast and thought, I don't know why I listened to that because I'm not actually looking for a new job um, and I've just got here or I'm, I really like sure. this company and I think there's opportunities for me, there is something. Now is the time to work on your network because there's no pressure. You know, if you lose your job or if you're really keen on moving for whatever reason, you know, you've got a new boss right. and you don't like him or whatever, that desperateness, that that pressure comes into all of your conversations. And if you reach out to your network three times in three weeks saying, hey, I really, I'm really looking for a new job, you know, a really close friend will deal with that. But the further out you get and the colder your network, the yep. less likely that is to work. But right now, you're in a really happy place. Work on your network now. And there is a lot of people in your network who will be moving around. And you can be the source of all the information. Like, don't pass anything on that's confidential, clearly. But if you hear from Bob that they've got some vacancies in their department and you think your mate James would be a good fit, and you pass that piece of information on, you're storing it up for storing up goodwill for when you need it. Yeah, good. Um, and folks, if you're not looking for a new role now, remember that's okay, but there's a third way between I'm looking and I'm not looking, and it's called open to opportunities. And this is the mindset we recommend you're in all the time, which is you're gonna bust your tail and you're gonna be great in your role. But if somebody suddenly offered you $25,000 more a year, closer to where you want to live, working for a higher quality company and a better boss in your mind, would you immediately say, I'm not looking, I refuse to talk to them? <laughs> of course you wouldn't. But if you believe that the only two states of career search are looking and not looking, you then therefore, if you're not looking, literally don't see it coming. This is where the one of my favorite phrases is, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. The point of that quote, guys, is that the world is always teaching you, but it's only when you think you're ready to learn that you see the teacher. You think, wow, it was amazing. I started opening my mind up to it and suddenly there was the thing. If you'd opened your mind up to it a week ago, there'd have been a different teacher. So if you're not open to opportunities, then you're closed to opportunities and you're missing them. And part of that is in your network. It's in your network right now. There is somebody in your network, no matter how small your network is, who is thinking about an opening and hasn't yet put your name to it yet that is right for you. Maybe it's not the right move for you, but it would be for them, for you to come to work for them. Mm -hmm. Why not be open to that and then say no? And by the way, then have had a conversation with them and say, but boy, I'll look for people who might be able to help you. And then, of course, you end up with a chip in the game, somebody who owes you. Yeah. Yeah. All that. So okay. I'll sum up. Yeah, please. The market is heating up, so get ready. Yeah. Customize your resume for every job and outsmart the competition, and networks matter more. Yeah, they do. There are always jobs, right? Always. Yeah. 
Maybe the pay's not right or it's not the right job, but there are always jobs. Now they're going to be even more. There are more opportunities. It is only the fool that knows that there are more opportunities and does nothing. Absolutely. That's it. Thanks. Thanks, Wendy. Bye, everyone. That's it, everybody. Our annual review of what resumes look like and how they should be effective, updated hopefully in a timely way, which is a rare thing for us here at Career Tools. 